Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's program, after the interest rate cut, can you still get a cheap tracker rate mortgage? Why there are now opportunities to cut your inheritance tax bill? And we have some good news amid the bad news about investing in funds. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Ellen Kelleher. Hello. Steve Lodge. Hi. And our special guest today, John Whiting, tax partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Hello. So let's start then with the money news. This week has seen the emergence of the first new fixed rate and tracker rate mortgages since last week's dramatic one and a half percentage point cut in the Bank of England base rate. So with almost all existing tracker rate deals being withdrawn last week as lenders rush to reprice their offerings, all eyes are now on how low the new rates can go. And who better to cast an eye over the market than FT Money's latest award winner, um, Charlene, who earlier this week was honoured in the mortgage category of the Personal Finance Media Awards. So, uh, Charlene, um, how are rates looking now? Well, compared to a year ago, or even earlier this year, they're, they're starting to look a bit better. We've seen a couple of lenders, Abbey and Alliance and Leicester, are the first to, to come back to the market with a new range since the withdrawal we saw at the end of the, the last week. Fixes are looking slightly cheaper than tracker rates. They're generally in the region of 4.5%, whereas trackers are about 4.89, 4.99%. So they are still a considerable margin over the 3% base rate, but compared to the sort of 6, 6.5% mortgage rates we, we had seen previously, they're starting to look a bit more affordable. But are they easy to get? I suppose that's the key question. Well, that is the key question, and no is the answer, really. The lenders that are coming back onto the market are being very choosy about who they lend to. Abbey has capped its lending for all its trackers at £250,000, so it won't lend above that no matter what your loan-to-value is. And generally, the trackers have a maximum loan-to-value of 75%, whereas previously you could get you know, at least sort of 85% still. So you do have to be a very credit-worthy borrower. You do have to have a big deposit, and you do have to think quite carefully about which way you think base rates will go and whether it's worth paying that little bit more for a tracker at this stage to try and benefit from the base rate, further base rate cuts. 
And if you want the lowest possible rates, um, sometimes 25% deposit or 25% equity in your home isn't enough, is it? Sometimes you need more. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes uh, for the very best rates, you do need some 40 and we're seeing an increasing margin between the rates that are offered to, to those with, a, with 60%, wanting to borrow 60%, and those wanting to borrow 75%, which, you know, a year or so ago, that would have been a very healthy loan to value. It's now the most expensive. Um, and another interesting point is because so many of the big lenders have now passed on the full rate cut to their standard variable rate. These are looking actually quite attractive now. I think some are down to sort of 4.5%. So for borrowers with existing mortgages who are reverting to that rate, it might make more sense for them to stay on that than actually remortgage to a new lender and end up paying a bit more, which is strange. The other interesting point is that there's a widening gap between existing borrowers who took out their mortgage maybe a year ago and people who are trying to come into the market now. Yes, I mean, Charlene, aren't I the real winner here? I think I'm paying (laughs) 0.46 under base rate. That's Under base? 2.54% for another year. Um, I mean, you can't get those sorts of rates as a new borrower, can you? No, that's quite sickening, Steve, and you're fully entitled (laughs) to gloat, I think. Um, no, you definitely can't get anything like that. And, uh, you know, that was the big outcry last week is that was that lenders will not pass on the full rate cut and the trackers are coming back, you know, at a much wider margin. You say you're paying under base rate. That's unheard of now. You'll be paying at least one and a half yeah, or two percent. Yeah, I took last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying you foresaw all of this last year? Uh, not entirely, although hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? And it's a wonderful rate that you have. Um, just very quickly, what about buy-to-let investors? Um, it's very hard to get buy-to-let mortgages still. Has this rate cut made any difference? Not really to buy-to-let yet. We, haven't, we saw a number of buy-to-let mortgages, mortgage rates were withdrawn last week with all the others. They haven't come back to the market yet with, with any new rates. Normally, buy-to-let rates do take a bit longer to, to come back. So at the moment, I think there's, there's really hardly any buy-to-let tracker rates. There's a few fixed. These are still looking quite expensive. Uh, for new borrowers and and have really sort of penal calculations make it very difficult for new borrowers to to actually uh, make the sums work in terms of how much rent they need to come in. So, yeah, for new people who, if they're thinking it might be a good time to buy, property prices coming down, they're still going to find it very hard, actually, to get a buy-to-let mortgage. Yes, sounds like it will be difficult for a, a while to come. Thanks very much, Charlene. And if you'd like to know more about the best mortgage rates, you can read Charlene's analysis of the market in FT Money in this weekend's FT or go online at ft.com forward slash money. You can also uh, send in your questions for us to answer by emailing us at our new email address, which is just money at ft.com. Still to come, some good news amid the bad news about the attractiveness of investment funds. But first, inheritance tax. Uh, and Steve, you've been looking at, uh, at this subject this week. Yes, Matthew. I mean, if you're a homeowner or a stock market investor, you won't need reminding that asset prices have fallen in value big time in the past 12 months. But Indeed, there could be some good news on inheritance tax. Um, We've got John Whiting here, tax partner with PwC, to tell us all about it. 
John, you were telling me earlier this week people might be able to save thousands of pounds or even claw back thousands of pounds of IHT they'd already paid. How does this work? Yes, sounds almost too good to be true, doesn't it, Steve? But what we're talking about is obviously the fundamentally sad situation of inheritance tax. Somebody's died. We're sorting out their estate. Inheritance tax is due. But there is a means of getting some relief, some reflection of these falling values that you're alluding to and not, as it were, having to pay actually at top of market prices. So the value, the starting point is what? Where, where are assets valued at? Well, let, let's take it through. Somebody dies, granny, some relative dies, you perhaps are sorting out the estate as executor. Fundamentally, inheritance tax is due on the deceased's assets, what they left at the date of death, and the value is at the date of death. That's what it should be. Now, if for the sake of argument they died at the, what should we say, 1st of January this year, I know we're in November, but things take time to sort out, then, of course, you're sorting out. They left a house. You've spent the summer arguing, perhaps, with the revenue what's that house worth, strictly the value is at 1st of January. But the first and slightly informal stage is you may well find the revenue prepared to accept, "Mm, yes, we've noticed the values are coming down a bit as well, and therefore agree rather than a value of 100, um, maybe it's 90. But isn't there a formal valuation form with an independent valuer who says it it was 100? Well, to do the estate... First, to get probate, you have to just guesstimate, but then at some stage, you're absolutely right. You've got to fill in the inheritance tax form. You've got to get some values. You've got to be prepared to negotiate with the revenue if it's significant. You'd get your value, perhaps your own. They'd get theirs. They'd compare notes. So there is a bit of a process, but maybe it's easy if it's a relatively simple house. If it's anything complex, you may find yourself arguing. And really what I'm saying is that the revenue are... You know, they're aware that prices are dropping, and although they're not going to drop the value catastrophically, as it were, then at least they might bend down. But one of the reasons for this is that there is a more formal relief. So, right, right. And this is, it helps those sorting out the estate. So, again, let's suppose somebody died, the house was worth 100, we thought, and maybe we got it negotiated down to 95 or whatever. The point is the executors very often have to sell the house because the proceeds come in, they get dished out to the beneficiaries. They sell it for, what should we say, 80. You know, not unreasonable in the way prices are going down. There is a relief that says whatever you put in at probate value, the 100, the 90, the 95, you can go back and substitute that proceed of 80 and pay inheritance tax on that, or, of course, as you alluded to a moment ago, get some money back. Yes, yes. Well, is there a time scale for all this? There is a time scale. I'd stress this is for the executors sorting out the estate. It's not if the property is being passed on to the beneficiary. And the basic time scale is within three years of death. So any properties, and we could be talking about somebody who, um, you know, back to Charlene's buy-to-letters, have had a whole load of buy-to-let properties, sold the lot during this period, you can take the sort of net drop in value for all that have been sold in the three years. Overall. Overall. For, for the entire portfolio. Although, in a curious way, it is extended to a fourth year 
for properties that are sold at a loss, and they extended it to fourth year um, for the previous time that house prices right. went down, back in 93. And, of course, none of you are old enough to remember that. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> too kind. And how long have you got to claim back the tax, though, if you think you may have overpaid IHT previously? Well, fundamentally, this is something you're doing when you are sorting out the final knockings, as it were, Mm. of the estate. But what if you think your lawyers didn't do a very good job? If you think the lawyers didn't do a very good job, well, there is clearly scope for a couple of years afterwards to go back and Mm. try and reclaim. But normally this would be done as the estate is tidied up. Normally it would be sorted before the final distribution is made. should also say, of course, you know, we're talking property, and rightly that's the big one. There's a similar relief for quoted shares, which are again sold by the executor, but within 12 months of the death of the deceased. So a, a silver lining in the, uh, of the financial crisis. Well, um, indeed, and with the general cloud of inheritance, because that's always a pretty gloomy cloud, yes, there's just that little bit of silver inside there that um, maybe makes people feel slightly less bad about it. Sounds like there's at least yeah, some good news to come out of uh, uh, what's been happening to house prices and, uh, indeed, share prices. And if you'd like to know more about inheritance tax planning, uh, look out for Steve's article in this weekend's FT. And finally today, we have some good news for investors in exchange-traded funds and unit trusts. Um, Ellen, we all know what the bad news has been if you've been <laughs> invested in funds recently. What's the good news now? The good news, Matthew, is that you have uh, uh, some fund managers who are now looking to woo customers amid the market downturn by scrapping their fees. And we saw this week ETF Securities, which is one of the largest providers of exchange-traded funds in the UK, just moved to introduce a a range of 13 new funds. And no fees uh, and no other additional charges will be uh, tacked on until the end of January, which is quite enticing to some new customers. Yes, so no charge whatsoever, other than, I suppose, your your dealing costs for for just buying uh, ETFs. Um, What about um, unit trusts and and OICs, those sorts of funds? Uh, uh, Are there any lower charges there? No, there are as well. I mean, Fidelity uh, has also moved to avoid or to scrap charges on its um, multi-asset strategic fund. And you also have a number of hedge funds who are doing that as well, especially, I mean, hedge funds right now are in a particularly dire situation because they are facing large redemptions from existing customers. So they're quite desperate to get new assets in the door. And um, and they've also moved to scrap fees. And uh, so this does present an opportunity for uh, those investors who are not fearful of taking risks. Well, that's the point, I suppose. Um, because there is an element of desperation in all of this, I suppose <coughs> you have to ask yourself the question, would I want to invest in that fund anyway? I suppose with hedge funds, um, the, the jury may still be out. But the, the range of... ETFs that you mentioned, that's quite broad, isn't it, which gives lots of choice for people? Yes, it is It is quite broad. I mean, you have a, a whole range of, of sort of unusual uh, sorts of investments in a way. Um, I mean, you have alternative, alternative energy ETFs, you have nuclear ETFs, uh, oil ETFs, and, and that's, I mean, especially given the, the recent commodities boom, I mean, that's died off a bit, but there is some speculation that it will rise again. Uh, you know, that's quite attractive to a lot of investors who are looking for alternative assets. 
Now, these are discounts on the charges that you would pay um, as an investor. Of course, um, there are other types of funds, closed-ended funds, so to speak, which are offering a discount of a different type in that their share prices are sort of trading at a discount to the value of the assets in the fund. That's another type of opportunity, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Advisors are sending out notices to uh, clients who don't even like taking risks that they should consider investing in a number of these uh, closed-ended funds. Um, A a significant number of them have uh, strong balance sheets. They have, you know, uh, tens of millions of pounds in cash on their balance sheets and deserve a look because they're trading at discounts of nine, you know, as high as 95% to uh, the n- net asset value of the fund. So um, Mick Gilligan, who's the head of research at Killigan Company, suggests that in, uh, his clients should take a look at Aurora Russia, for example, which is uh, listed on AIM, as well as the 3I quoted private equity fund, and graphite, which is a uh, hedge fund as well. So discounts in terms of share price, discounts on charges as well. Some good news uh, at last for those investors brave enough to go back into the market. And you can read um, Ellen's article with full details of these low-cost and no-cost funds in this weekend's FT. And that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to our new email address, money at ft.com and you can now read the latest news every weekday on our website ft.com forward slash money we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from ellen steve charlene and john whiting from price waterhouse coopers ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.